I welcome you all to our Bible study for today, the seventh day of July 2020, titled Rooted Part 2. Let us pray. Our Father and our Maker, we thank you for today and are grateful for the opportunity to share your word in fellowship. Today, let your word have entrance into our hearts. Give us hearing ears and understanding hearts. Let it be your voice that is heard and not the voice of man. Let your words bless us and bear fruit. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, Amen. Last week, we tried to establish that as Christians, we're expected to bear fruits. And the fruits we are talking about are the fruits mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and are referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. And these fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are nine virtues in them all, and the Bible refers to them as fruit and not fruits. Why? Because there are many, but belonging only to one cluster of fruits. If you're going to have one, you must have the others, as they are all intertwined or inseparable. Bearing fruit is not by might or by power. It is also not by self-will. Rather, it is by the Spirit of God. I don't have or manifest love, joy, peace, kindness, and the rest to make God love me or to impress God. I don't have them to manipulate the hand of God. I do these things because God has already loved me and saved me. I do them because I am rooted in him and these things are an outflow of who I am by virtue of being rooted in him. There are too many people walking around saying, I need more patience. I need more kindness. I need more love. I need to work harder or do better. What I'm saying is no. You don't need to do better. You need to acknowledge what God has done better. As you put down your roots, the fruits will come. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 outlines the fruit of the Spirit. But if you go back a little bit to verse 1 of Galatians chapter 5, it lays out the argument. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, reading from the ESV, English Standard Version. It reads, It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So, when he gives us the fruit of the Spirit, he is giving it to us in the context of freedom and not bondage. This is because oftentimes when we think of the fruit of the Spirit, we think of them as the things that we have to do. Oh, I'm a Christian. I have to have patience. I'm a Christian. I have to be gentle. I am a Christian. 
I have to have joy, kindness, love, and so on. But no, Paul is saying here, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And because you are free, you get to bear fruit and not have to bear fruit. The difference is that when you get to bear fruit, it is a natural consequence of who you are being rooted in him as against having to bear fruit which is an obligation to perform just because you are a Christian. When I say you bear fruit as a natural consequence of being rooted in Christ, I am saying it is God working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When the Spirit of God is working in you, He gives you abilities beyond your natural capacity to love, or to be joyful, or to be gentle, or to manifest any of the fruits. If manifesting these fruits is of self-will and not a consequence of being rooted in God, you will find yourself fading at a critical point because the pressure coming on you has gone beyond your natural capacity to bear such. That is why you hear people say things like, I tried to be patient with him, but I couldn't take it anymore. I lost my cool. I can make my children to do nice things, but I cannot make them to be nice people. Doing nice things does not change their hearts deep down from who they really are. I can tell them to say words like, please, thank you, and to be kind. But if it is just about the actions, they will never reach the place where they are naturally doing those things that are nice and kind. They will always be waiting to be told what to do. You see, fear does not produce fruit. If your relationship with God is that you are doing good things to please God, that is not genuine fruit. That's works and not fruits. And Paul drew a distinction between those two. Fruits come out of a natural relationship. The key to fruitfulness is not more instructions. It is more intimacy. You don't really have to be taught to be more patient. You need to be taught how to be more intimate with God. When you become more intimate, you become more patient because you take on the nature of God. You don't need to be taught how to love. You need to learn how to be more intimate with God and you will get to naturally love. The fruit of the Spirit is not something you learn. Rather, it is something you acquire through intimacy with God. We are all rooted in something. You are either rooted in the spirit or you are rooted in the flesh. Let's just back up a little bit to Galatians chapter 5 
I will read from verse 19 to verse 21. And I'll read again from the English Standard Version, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to verse 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, or discord, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, that is sexual immorality, I think, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, when people do these things, it is not that, for instance, they wake up in the morning looking for how to sow discord among colleagues in the office or looking for how they can get everyone in church questioning what is being preached or they look forward to going into fits of rage. No. They sow discord because they are rooted in the flesh and discord is the fruit that your life bears. I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes, but if there is discord in every area of your life and you are the only common factor or denominator, it may be that your life is producing a harvest of discord because you are rooted in the wrong things. If you find yourself falling into the same sins and temptations, it may not be that you are occasionally making bad decisions, but that you are rooted in the wrong things that are yielding the bad things in your life. You are either rooted in the flesh or in the spirit. When we read that list in verse 19 to verse 21 of Galatians chapter 5, it is not a list about what bad people do, but what sin will make us all do. Because whatever you are rooted in, the fruit will match those roots. Otherwise, you can be rooted in the spirit. Now, let's read Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 again. This is what happens when you are rooted in the Spirit. And it reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Watch this. The person who is doing bad things don't have to wake up to say, I want to do bad things today. You don't have to tell a liar to lie. A liar would lie because he is a liar. The same thing for you and I. If we are rooted in the spirit, our natural reaction would be to do things of the spirit or exercise the fruit of the spirit. If I am holding a cup of apple juice and you bump into me and I spill the apple juice and I ask you, why did I spill apple juice? Your answer might be that it is because you bumped into me. But you see, I did not spill apple juice because you bumped into me, but because apple juice is what I had in the cup. Because if I had water in the cup, I would have spilled water. If I had milk, I would have spilled milk. But when you bumped me, whatever I had on the inside came spilling out. 
in the same way life is going to bump you people are going to cut you off in traffic your co-workers are going to gossip about you your boss is going to be unrealistic and unreasonable people are going to look down on you for no just reason people are going to accuse you of what you did not do just like joseph folks are going to cheat you out of a deal in this world you will have trial and tribulations that is what scripture says it is not about if but when when life bombs you it is what is on the inside that will spill out if you have apple juice on the inside you don't expect to spill anything else but apple juice so what spills out when somebody cuts you off, for instance, in traffic? Is it You don't say whatever you say because somebody cut you off. You say what you say because that word was always on the inside already. What do you say when she winks at you? Oh, Maybe it's not something we should go into. But the truth is that it's not her fault for flirting. It is your fault for having the bad stuff on the inside that spilled out. It is not what other people do to you. Because trials will come, temptations will come. It is what is on the inside that will come out naturally. If you are rooted in the flesh, fleshly things will be your default response. You cannot be rooted in the company of people who use abusive language and expect something different to come out of you when you are bumped. But if someone cuts you off in traffic and you are rooted in the spirit, what comes out of you will be something like, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I'm not weary. Only running. You know go better for you. Now, just imagine... If I gave you a 14-day timeline to work on your patience, assuming that is your area of weakness, or to work on pride, on your pride, or whatever it may be, for someone who lacks patience generally to work hard to become patient within 14 days, or even 30 days, would be overwhelming and burdensome. If it was achievable by self-will, I am sure a good number of us would be there by now. If you are honest with yourself, you had in time past told yourself things like from now on or from henceforth, I will be more patient with people or I will be kinder or more loving. But at that critical point of pressure, you fell flat on your resolution. So the question is, how do you have patience whenever life gives you a reason to be impatient? How do you have love in a world where there is so much hatred? How can you be kind when everyone else is being mean? How can you be good or have moral integrity in a world where immorality is believed to be the norm? If it is not a matter of willpower, how can you do those things? 
I think you have to start by not telling yourself what you are supposed to do, but reminding yourself of who you are. I am a tree planted by the rivers of waters, so I will bear fruit because it is my season. You need to remind yourself that you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, so you don't do things the way you used to do them. You have been born again into a brand new way of doing things. You are no longer dead in sin and your trespasses. You are born into a new life and you now do things that bring life and not death. Simply because it is not what you do, but who you are. You are no longer a slave to fear and unrighteousness. As a slave, you did the things you did not want to do or have to do. You did them because your flesh drove you to do the things you wish you wouldn't have done. But now, you're a servant of the Most High God and you answer to righteousness and not to unrighteousness. You make different decisions now because your allegiance has changed. It is a matter of reminding yourself of who you are now. I am a child of God. When children act like their parents, it is not because they are necessarily coached to act in certain manners, but just because they are products of their parents' loins and womb. Hence, a child in the womb is called the fruit of the womb, a product of intimacy between the father and the mother. Consequently, when the child is born and nurtured in that environment, he or she talks, thinks, and does things like his or her parents. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is, for a better word, given to us. The more time we spend in the presence of God, the more time we spend with the Holy Spirit, the more also you begin to act like him and think like him and look like him that is how fruit works talking about the fruit of the womb do you know that jesus literally is the fruit of the spirit because he was conceived by the holy spirit he literally or he is literally the fruit of the spirit he literally is love John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. John chapter 15 verse 13 says, There is no greater love than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friends. Again, Jesus literally is joy. Everywhere he went, he brought joy and happiness and glad tidings and good news. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 15 verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Jesus again literally is peace. He is the peace that passes all understanding. 
is the peace in the middle of the storm. He is the one who stands in the storm and says, Peace be still. He's also known in Isaiah as the Prince of Peace. Jesus is our patience or forbearance. He was absolutely patient to the plan of God for his life. He had every opportunity to tell God he did not want to go to the cross. He could have told God that he doesn't see why he should suffer the excruciating pain of the cross to redeem humanity when God can just speak salvation into existence. But he was patient with the plan of God to the very end. They spat on him, beat him with whips, lacerated his body, but the Bible tells us he endured the cross. Endurance is patience. Have you met anyone more kind than Jesus? Jesus is kindness personified. He went about showing kindness to those who did not deserve it. He fed the hungry out of compassion and loved the poor. He was a kind man. What about the goodness of Jesus? He's so good, he's called the Good Shepherd. There has never been anyone more morally upright than Jesus. There's never been a better man than Jesus. There's never been anyone who consistently obeyed the voice of God like Jesus did. Jesus indeed is goodness. Jesus also is faithfulness. He is and was faithful to the very end and he's faithful to us to the very end. His word says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 that he will not leave us or forsake us. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the most trusted ally. His gentleness. He told us in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 29 that we should come to him all you who are weary and heavy burdened and he will give you rest. Come, he says, and take my yoke, for I am humble and gentle. In other words, he was saying, I'm never going to be rough with you or harsh with you. I will love you and accept you because I am gentleness. You go through every virtue of the Spirit and realize that Jesus is literally the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, what of self-control? The Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured everything that he had to endure. They falsely accused him, and the book of Isaiah says, he uttered not a word because he was in control of himself. They came to arrest him, and he told them that he could have called down a legion of heaven's armies, but he restrained himself because he had self-control. I'm not talking to you today about what you should do. I am talking to you today about what Jesus has done. His love, his joy, his peace, his patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit. So what is all this about? Let's stop chasing virtues and start chasing Jesus. 
Because whenever you get Jesus, you get it all. You need more love in your life? Don't reach seven steps to love. Get Jesus. Do you need more joy? Don't go to a seminar that will teach you how to have joy. Just get on your knees and say, Lord, give me the joy of your salvation. For in your presence, there is fullness of joy. You need peace. Ask him to give you some of his peace. He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives peace do I give peace. The peace I give is beyond human understanding. Tell him I don't have peace right now. Give me some of your peace. You can say to him, I'm not naturally a gentle person. What you said to me in Matthew 11, 29, that I should take upon myself your yoke and learn of you because you are gentle and lowly in heart. So, Jesus, I'm going to stop chasing virtues. I'm going to start chasing you. And I know that if I can just spend a little more time in your presence, a little more time in your word, a little more time worshipping, if I can get my roots a little deeper, if I can find you, I will get everything else. If you are hearing me today and you have not given your life to Jesus, you are living in a way not in step with the Spirit. You are following your own passions, following your urges and impulses. The Bible tells us you have two options for your flesh. You can gratify your flesh or you can crucify it today. By gratifying means to do whatever you want to do. Indulge yourself however you want to indulge yourself. In Christ, there is freedom. You are free to make choices and do whatever you want to do. But you are not free from the consequences of your indulgence or decisions. If you are rooted in that way of thinking or living, you will reap a harvest you don't want to reap. Your life is never going to be what it should be because you are reaping things that you don't want to reap. But if you crucify your flesh and decide to root deeply inside of Christ, and in the Bible, and into worship, you are going to have love where you had no love before. And you are going to have peace. Your circumstances may not change, but he will give you a peace that passes all human understanding. You are going to have joy. Things may not get necessarily better, but he can always give you joy in the middle of the storm. Is it gentleness? Kindness, self-control, all these come when you become rooted in Jesus. So I beg you today, and I really do, there are two ways of living. You can put your roots down into yourself, into the world, into your own desires and cravings and yield fruits that you wish you really didn't have. Or you can put your roots down and say, I am all in with Jesus. In Jesus, I can become a better person. So please bow your heads and pray with me and say, Lord Jesus, 
I believe that you died for me. I believe that you paid for my sins on the cross. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you are my savior. So I ask you now, Lord, to come and forgive me of my sins. I put my faith and trust in you. I'm tired of living the way I've been living. I ask you to be my savior and my Lord. I want to live my life for you from now onwards. From this moment forward, lead me and guide me into all truth. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray this prayer sincerely and for the first time, know that you are now born again and you are a child of God. Repeat that with me. I am a child of God. If this is you, you can call or send me a text on 0813-9288-460. I repeat, 0813-9288-460. I would like to hear from you to possibly encourage you on how you can continue in this journey. For the rest of us, until we see or meet again, I pray. The Lord bless you. The Lord smile on you. The Lord be gracious unto you. And grant you his peace, his favor, and his rest. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. This message is brought to you by Pastor Conrad Meme of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Fountain of Living Waters Parish, 2B Thomas Lanier Street, Anthony Village, Lagos. See you next time, and until then, keep the fire burning.